Hello, my love, and welcome back to another episode of the Faith-Based Storyteller Show, where we sharpen and encourage one another in Christ. I'm your host, Michaela Robertson, and thank you for joining me for another week, another day, and another episode of the Faith-Based Storyteller Show. Now, today is a Faithful Friday, and I mentioned in the Tuesday episode that this is actually a Rewind Week. So while the Lord has me taking a break from the podcast, um, I'm actually bringing you old, I'm re-releasing old episodes that I know and I believe still resonate today. And so today's episode kind of goes in line with the episode that I released on Tuesday, seeing that this is the around that time of the year where it's the anniversary of my father's death and some and the Lord's just kind of moving me through some things like he's just kind of dealing with me emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially. And so today's episode is about love. Because I ended Tuesday's episode telling you that love is what's going to heal the world. And if we can just just get back to love, then we have the answer to everything. And I end every episode letting you guys know that God loves you and so do I. And I believe that because I do love you. And I know that God loves you. And I know that God is love. And so today's episode is a rewind. Let's get back to love. Without further ado, let's dive into love. How do you measure love? I had a conversation with a friend of mine who happened to be going through a really rough time in life. You know, it seemed as though the walls were closing in, everything that could go wrong was going wrong. And this friend reached out to me and she asked me um, for some encouragement, you know, just for the season that she was going through. And so we ended up spending hours on the phone and, you know, we talked about encouragement. We talked about, you know, staying persevering, like having perseverance, staying consistent, like, you know, like trusting that everything is going to work out for your good. And before we got off the phone, I told her that I love her, you know, because we don't normalize love. A lot of people, especially nowadays with the no homo culture, a lot of people don't tell each other that they love each other. Friends, family, it doesn't matter. Like it can be a stranger and people deserve love. And a lot of people don't hear I love you enough. And before we got off the phone, I told her, hey, I love you. And she kind of hesitated. Like she kind of like took back a little bit and was like, oh, um, yeah, sure you do. And I was so surprised by her response because I questioned how she felt about me saying, hey, I love you. You know, as a friend, I love you. As a fellow sister, I love you. As a person, a human being, I love you. Um, But she was like, yeah, you know, sure you do. And I, I reached out and I'm like, okay, I know we just had a long conversation. I know you're going through a rough time, but I'm just curious. Why did you react to I love you like that? And we ended up diving into this beautiful conversation about love. And the thing about me and my friend is that my friend is part of the LGBTQ community and I am a Christian. And so she was explaining to me how the way she looked at our relationship wasn't necessarily um, attached to love. And I asked her why, like, why, why do you think that? Why is that? And she said, you know, because of the choices that she's made and the lifestyle that she's selected for herself, me being a Christian, she doesn't see how I could possibly love her because her actions go against the word of God. And it was so interesting to dive into this conversation 
because she truly didn't believe that I loved her. And when I said, I love you, she thought that I was lying or that I was simply saying something just to say something. But when I explained to her that as a Christian, love is not determined by the choices that you make in life and love is not determined by your actions or anything that you do, love is unconditional which means there are no restrictions. There are no conditions on love. And so when I say I love you, I truly mean I love you. And we started talking about love. And she explained to me what love meant for her based on her childhood, based on how people have treated her, based on the what she's been told, based on actions, like based on what she has seen love in her life. And I completely understood where she was coming from Because as humans, a lot of us base love on what we have been taught, what we have seen, and what we have learned. But the beauty about love is, and this is just speaking from a Christian perspective, because I am a Christian, I am a follower of Christ, and so I look at love through the lens of the Bible. And in the Bible, God is love. And so when I truly break down love, it's from the heart of God. It's literally from his word and taking his words and taking his explanation of love and applying it to my life and how I choose to love others. And so for my friend who may not be living the same lifestyle that I am, I truly love her. I love her as my sister. I love her as a child of God. I love her regardless of what she does or what she's done in the past. I love her regardless of what she's going through or the choices that she's made in life. I love her and I'm going to love on her as Christ instructed me to love because God loves me that much. It's not just because I'm a a follower of Christ that I'm able to love. It's because God is love that we are all able to love. And so I want to dive into why I believe God is love and why the Bible also says that God is love. Now, if you look at 1 John verse 4 or chapter 4, verse 7 through 21, it says, and I'm reading my Bible here, y'all, because, you know, I got to take it back to the word. Um, it says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. And God has given us his spirit. Oh, I'm sorry. And God has showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Now, I'm going to dive a little bit more into this passage, um, but I just want to break down key elements that stuck out to me in this verse in particular. And excuse the sirens in the background. We live downtown now, so we are going to hear the sounds of the city. <laughs> but some key elements that stuck with me from this verse in particularly is that anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now, a lot of us say that we love one another. We try to show love through actions. We try to earn or receive love by buying it. But really, love comes 
from our heart's posture. Love comes from our ability to receive and understand how much we are loved by our Heavenly Father. That is love. Love is being a child of a father who truly and unconditionally loves you regardless of what you have done, what you think, what you are going through, your past, your present, your future, your actions. He just loves you for who you are, for who he has created you to be. And so when that passage said, anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love, a lot of us don't know how to receive love because we don't understand the extent of God's love for us. We don't understand the extent of God's love for us. Of course, my friend was taken back by the fact that I love you because she didn't receive love from the people around her. She didn't receive love from her environment. She didn't receive love from partners and ended up leaning on other sexes to receive love. She struggles with her worth because she doesn't understand God's love for her. And so it's hard for her to conceive anyone else potentially loving her when you don't understand the love of the Father. Of course it makes sense. But for me in particularly, love is the love of the Father. God is love. God is love. And God showed us how much he loved us by sacrificing his son on the cross to erase all of my sins, meaning anything that I have ever done, all of my past transgressions, anything that has stopped me from being able to enter into the kingdom of heaven, my sins, anything that's kept me down, were erased on the cross by Jesus Christ, which is why God loved me so much that he sacrificed his son to erase all that, meaning that I don't have to carry that weight or that burden of my past mistakes and that I can truly be free to love and receive love. And so today, I am so grateful for love. And I just want to dive more into uh, this passage because it goes on to read, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. So when we love each other, we live in God, we reside in God, his spirit resides in us, and we're able to share that same spirit, that same love, that same value of life to others. We're able to give other people love. The passage goes on to read, furthermore, we've seen with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we've put our trust in his love. Now, the passage closes out, God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And so now that we know that God is love, then we can dive further into what love is, who God is, how he loves and why nothing can separate us from God's love. Now, Romans 8, 35 actually says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or are treated or threatened with death? 
I am convinced that nothing ever can separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor fears for today or worries about tomorrow, nor even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. That's Romans 8, 35 through 38. And so if nothing and no one can separate us from the love of God, if our past can't separate us from God's love, if our mistakes or bad decisions can't separate us from God, God's love, even if our foolishness that we are currently <laughs> living in or the foolishness we have lived in in the past, if none of that can separate us from God's love, then why are we separating ourselves from love? Why are we not giving ourselves the same mercy and the same grace that God gives us when it comes to receiving and giving love? Why are we so against love? Love for each other, love for ourselves, love for one another. Why can we not fathom love? And if God has mercy on us and he gives us another chance to come to him, and he forgave us for all of our sins and gave us Jesus Christ because he loved us that much, he sacrificed his son for us, then we should also be able to wipe the slate clean for ourselves. Because once we understand how much we are loved by a father who, will, who went above and beyond, who gave up everything for us, then we can not only receive love from others, but we can give love to others. Hey there, Storyteller. I just want to interrupt this episode really quick to let you know that Faith Audio Network is now open. Faith Audio Network is our community for storytellers like you, storytellers who listen to podcasts like this, storytellers who know they have a voice and they know that God has given them a powerful gift to be able to go out and speak for him, to give him glory. So if you know that you are interested in joining a community that is going to hold you accountable, that is going to pray with you, that is going to intercede on your behalf, and that's going to sharpen your faith, this is the community for you. To learn more and to register, please visit faithaudionetwork.com. That's faithaudionetwork.com. And so what is love? What is God? And how do we love others? We love others by imitating God. Simple as that. When I asked my friend why she believed that I didn't love her, she told me that she thought that I only loved parts of her because she didn't live for God. I only loved certain parts of her, but I didn't love her fully. And so when I explained to her what love is according to the Bible and what I look at as love, which is the biblical definition of love, she was able to understand how I was able to love her, why I loved her, and how I actually love others, how I exhibit and show and share love. But how do we love others? One, by imitating God, simple as that. Ephesians 5.2 says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. And so by imitating God in everything we do, we are able to show love. Now, we know from 1 John 4, 7 that God is love. And when we look at 1 Corinthians 13, it tells us what love is. And it says that love is patient and kind. 
Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of wrong or being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. And so when we ask ourselves, what is love? Or we ask ourselves, who is God? God being love means that God is patient and kind. He is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. He does not demand his own way. He is not irritable. He keeps no records of being wronged. He does not rejoice about injustices. He rejoices whenever the truth wins. God never gives up. He never loses faith. He's always hopeful, and he endures through every circumstance. And when it says that love will last forever, we know that God being love means that God will last forever. And so we got into this conversation, me and my friend, about love. And she was saying how, you know, she wants to get more into reading her Bible. She wants to know more about God and what it means to be loved. And when I brought up 1 Corinthians 13 and we were, and I was explaining to her, like, this is how I love others, you know, I try to be patient and kind to them as God is love. So love is patient and kind. I try to be patient with people. I try to be kind with people. And she was saying how whenever she reads, it never actually like, she never thinks that it can apply to her life. And I was explaining how when it comes to the word of God, we like to overcomplicate things. Christians included. Everyone likes to overcomplicate things when really this life is so simple. Love is so simple. And seeing that without love, we have nothing, then the first place to start studying the word of God is studying love. Because literally in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that only three things will last forever. This is the last verse of the chapter. Only three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And so if we can focus on love in every element of our lives, then we are focusing on God in every element of our lives. And when we look at love and how to love others, when people ask me, you know, how do you love? Or when my friend was saying, you know, how do I know what love is? Then the perfect way to understand love is to compare it to the Bible. And so if you are being patient and kind to someone else, you are loving them. When you are not being jealous or you are not being boastful, and boasting in yourselves and what you can do and who you are and you know pumping up your chest the arrogance when you are not in that or the pride or being rude you are showing love when you're not demanding your own way like oh it's my way or the highway you know when you're not demanding your own way when you're not irritable which is something that a lot of us get all the time when we're not irritable when we don't hold grudges or keep records of people who have wronged us, we are loved. We are showing love to others. When we don't rejoice about injustices, but we rejoice in truth, we live in truth. When we don't give up, when we don't lose faith, 
when we remain hopeful and when we endure through situations, circumstances, the really tough things in life, those seasons in life where things seem like they're always against us, we are showing love. And so love lasts forever. And when we are looking at our relationships, our friendships, our work companionships, our apprenticeships, whatever ships you want to look at, um, we're looking at our relationships with others and we're looking at how we are treated or how we are received to them, it should also be in love. Because another issue about love is when we don't understand how much we are loved, we allow others to love us in the wrong ways. We allow others to determine our worth and to determine how we should be loved. And so we need to understand that other people need to be patient with us. Other people need to be kind to us. Other people should not be rude or jealous of us. Now we can't control other people, but when people are easily irritated with us, when they're constantly holding a grudge on us and keeping records of what we did in the past that we did wrong, when people are rejoicing in injustices, when they are going against us and never, you know, always giving up on us, losing faith in us, they don't love us. They don't love us because that's not love. God is love. And love is patient, kind, not jealous, not boastful, not proud, not rude, not demanding its own way, not irritable, not keeping records of wrongs, not rejoicing in injustice, rejoicing when the truth runs out, never giving up. Like love is 1 Corinthians 13. And God is 1 Corinthians 13. And so God loves us this way. And because God loves us this way, we shouldn't receive anything less than God's love for us from other people. We should not receive anything less, but we should also not give anything less than God's love to other people. Love is the greatest thing we can have, and love lasts forever. And so God is the greatest thing we can have, thing, human being, spirit. God is the greatest that we can have in our lives. And he will last forever. And his love for us is unconditional. It doesn't have a restrictions. It doesn't have any barriers. It doesn't look at our past and determine our future. His love for us is unconditional. And it never loses faith. And it's always hopeful. And it endures through every season and every circumstance. God is love. And without God, we are nothing. We are nothing because without love, we are nothing. The first half of 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 through 3 actually says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understand all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. 
And then it goes into the definition that we just read, what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. But 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3 shows us that without love, we are nothing. Without God, we are nothing. And so we need to get back to love. We need to get back to love and we need to get back to God. Before my dad passed, we were, we went to a track and we went on a walk at this track. And on our drive home from our walk, like the track, we had a really great conversation about, you know, like marriage and supporting your spouse. And it was great. And on our drive home, he was talking to me and we were talking about politics and me and my dad never talk about politics. That's like not, (laughs) that's like not normal conversation. Um, But we were talking about politics and like racism in the country and it it just got real deep. Um, But my dad was saying how love is the root of all of this. It's the root of all of this. And actually, I'm going to insert an audio clip here of our conversation. Now, I don't usually record me and my dad's conversations, but this one was so good. I was like, I'm going to record this, okay? He was like, okay. (laughs) Um, But we were talking about love, and I was asking him about love and how how do you show people that you love them? You know, how do you truly receive love? And my dad was telling me you have to be a light, you know, because when you're a light in this world, people can see your light in the midst of darkness. But he said the root of everything is love. And if we can get back to love, then everything will heal. So here's the clip of just a little bit of me and my dad's conversation. And yeah, I just think we really just need to get back to love. To love people. All of this that's going on everywhere in this world is about love. That's the root. The root of all of this is love. If people get back to that part of it, everything else will heal itself. Yeah. You hear me? If people get back to love, everything, racism, everything will heal. You know? Yeah. That's the root to everything that's happening in this in this whole life. You know? Yeah. So how do you... how to love people. How, how do you... How do you convince people? Well, you have to show people your light. You know? Yeah. That's how you convince them. It's your light. See, your light, it can be dim or it can be light. You know? When you can when you can have a light shining in the in the in the midst of darkness, then you know what? It's a convincing thing. Because people can see a light. You know? Yeah. So you have to you have to make sure your light is always shining, even in darkness, you know? That's what's important. So when I heard my dad say, if people get back to love, everything will heal. And when I studied what love is and what we've talked about this conversation and knowing that God is love, it translates that if people get back to God, everything will heal. Racism, everything. If people get back to God, our land will be healed. Our pain and past sins will be healed. Our lack of self-worth will be healed. And we will find that God truly loves us when we understand the capacity of his love. And we will be able to truly love others when we understand the capacity that they need to be and receive love. 
If the root of all of this is love, then the root of all of this is God. Without God, we are nothing. Without love, we are nothing. And so the best way to give and receive love is to do it according to 1 Corinthians 13. The best way to give and receive love is to do it according to God. When I opened up this conversation, I asked you, how do you measure love? Was it based on, you know, physical actions of others or words of affirmation or someone's presence or receiving like gifts, presence? I asked you, how do you measure love? And when you take inventory of your life and you look back at how you were shown love and how you've shown love to others, ask yourself if it lines up with how God has, how God has explained love if it lines up with his definition of love. Because if it's not patient or kind, if you're easily irritable with other people, you have not truly shown love. You have not truly received love. But if it is in alignment with God's definition of love, then not only have you received and not only do you know the extent or the measures of God's love, but you also understand how much God loves you. Because when we get to the core of this, and we know that God is love, in order to love others, we have to understand that we first love. Because the only way that we can love each other is because God loved us. It's because he loved us first. That's the only way we can love each other, is because he loved us first. And if we don't understand that he loved us first, if we don't understand the capacity of his love for our lives, for ourselves, then we will always struggle to receive and give love. And so to my friend who had this conversation with me, if you are listening again, sis, I love you. I love you so much. And if you are in a season of your life where you do not feel loved, whether it be from family or friends, or you struggle to love yourself, know that I love you. I love you, honestly. When I first got married to my husband, he used to always tell me, God loves you and so do I. And I really had to take that in and understand, okay, God loves me. What does that look like? How does that feel? How does it feel to receive God's love? How does it feel to know that God loves me, that I love him? Like, what does that look like? But knowing that God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them, I was truly able to understand that God is love. When people say, I love you, they are saying, I'm sharing God with you. When people say, I love you, they are saying that what I have for you is unconditional. How I see you is in the light of Christ. I want to share more of the Lord with you through love. And so to you out there who may feel unloved, God loves you and so do I. And in order for you to truly receive this love, you have to know just how much he loves you. Just how much he loves you. For you are his child. And when you know him, you know love. And so I encourage you today to get to know him and to study love 
If you have a pen and pencil and you're reading this, jot these scriptures down. 1 Corinthians 13. 1 John chapter 4. Romans 8, 35 through 38. Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2. All of these scriptures are in alignment with love. And all of these scriptures break down what love is. And at the end of the day, as my father said, if we can get back to love, everything will heal. Racism, everything. People just need to get back to love. Alrighty, my loves, I hope that this episode was a blessing to you. I really hope that it was a blessing to you and that you can reshape or structure the next year, the upcoming year, 2024, through a lens of love. You know, allowing yourself to truly embody every characteristic, every aspect, every definition of love in your relationships, in your work, in your home, in just your acquaintances, in everything that you do, do it with love, do it in love and do it to love. God loves you and so do I, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.